Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We're located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland, and under the leadership of Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now today's podcast. Good old hometown hug. Amen and amen. Amen. So again, we bless you and we thank you for connecting with us today and we shall now go to the word of God we shall now go to God's word and today we shall be coming from the book of second Samuel the seventh chapter verses 1 through 14 and again if you are on Facebook and if you are on zoom you can go to the sermon notes link it's right there in the chat box. It's probably at the top of the chat box. You can go to the sermon notes link. You can follow along with the scripture. There's a background there. There's a video there. And there's a place where you can take notes. Um, also, there's a link there for our church newsletter that you can see. And also a connect card. There's also a place if you desire to give. There's a giving link there. So everything's in one spot for you to get to in our sermon notes link. We shall be coming again from the book of 2 Samuel. The seventh chapter, verses 1 through 14. 2 Samuel, the seventh chapter, verses 1 through 14. And when you have it, can you please type or say amen? Verse 1 says this. After the king was settled in his palace, And the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him. He said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in the tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night, The word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David. This is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture from the tending, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people, Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great. Let the names of the greatest men on earth, and I will provide a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own, no longer be 
disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I have appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by humans. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we shall all say thanks be to God. And just for a moment, I want to come from the thought of blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us. For we rejoice and we are glad. Father, we are glad for how you have kept us through the week. Father, we're glad because you woke us up on this morning and you started us on our way and you enabled us uh, for those that are here to come out to this building. Father, you enable us to, to wake up and log on to our computers and our smart devices and to connect with church on Facebook, on Zoom. And Father, we are just thankful and we worship you. And right now, Father, we pray for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Uh, we pray that you would dwell in each home, each place. Father, we thank you. We thank you for how you've continued to be good to us. And right now, we pray that as your message goes forth, as your word goes forth, that it would sink down into the depths of our heart, that it would sink down into the depths of our soul and make us better people and transform us and to the people that you would have us to be. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. In 1964, Bert Bacharach and Don Hall wrote a song for a new feature movie that was getting ready to come out in the 60s. They went to look for a singer. And the singer that was chosen was Dionne Warwick. The song did pretty good. It reached number 71 on the charts. But in 1981, a little known singer by the name of Luther Vandross released the song on his debut album. And the name of that song was called A House Is Not a Home. Oh, I still hear the words now. A chair is still a chair, even when 
There's nobody sitting there. But here, 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 here's, the, here's the hook of the song. But a chair is not a house. And a house is not a home if you're not there. You see, Luther Vandross was talking about his love that was no longer present with him. He was sitting there in the house, and even though I, I can imagine he, he may have built this house for his love. He may have built this house, uh, but see, something was missing. Just because he had built a house, just because he had a place to dwell, the house had no meaning. Because the one that he loved was not present. Uh, the one that he loved uh, wasn't there. To, to, to dry his tears, to wipe his tears. The one that he loved wasn't there to comfort him. The one that he loved was not anywhere to be found. As we achieve our personal goals in life, as we climb the corporate ladder, we too can build our own individual houses. We build our houses of success. We do things in life. We, we, we start to make money and things start to look good. We make our achievements. We, see, and, and what happens is we reach a level of stability and comfort. And we look back and what happens is we, we reach the top of our pinnacle and we look back and we realize that we've left God in the rearview mirror. We, we, we realize that we, we've built this house and uh, but 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 for some reason somehow we have left God out. We even have the nerve to want to talk about all that we've done and we say ain't God good. We say hasn't God blessed me. But God responds and says to you, uh, uh, I might have been the one in the background helping uh, uh, you build that house, but you never considered me in your plans. You never included me in, in the blueprints for your house. You never included me uh, when it came time to put that house together. God says, I was on the periphery, uh, uh, but, uh, but, in, in, but in spite of me not being a part of your plans, I was still there to bless you. This is our situation in our scripture today. We have to look at the life of David. David is the king. Let's, let's kind of recap. We've kind of been talking about David. See, we remember that David was the one out in the field. David was the one that was forgotten. But see, David was chosen. Remember, he was standing there before his brothers. And his father was going to exclude him. But he was chosen and called out. And then not only was he chosen, God uh, took him out on the battlefield and he got his first victory over a seemingly uh, enemy that could not be defeated. He was called out, placed on the battlefield, and God helped him defeat Goliath. But as we fast forward, David has risen up the ranks. David has done all these wonderful and marvelous and great things. And it is at that moment, David decides, it says it in his scripture, while he's sitting back resting, 
in all his success, David does this. You know, I think I'm going to build a house for the Lord. I think I'm, I, I think, I, see, see, why is it that we think that we can do something for God? Why is it that, that we think that we can do God a favor? Why, why is it that, that we feel that somehow we, we've risen to a level of, 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 of success and prosperity, that somehow our service, uh, uh, our money, uh, somehow all the things that we do, somehow that's going to be special to the Lord? The word of God tells us that, that, that God is the center of our joy. God is the center of all, we, or all that we should do. And he is the one that we should be leaning on. Outside, with the exception of a committed life to the Lord. Let me slow down here. With the exception of a committed life to God, we have nothing we can offer God. Let me say that again so you understand. I'm, I'm not saying that we don't do things for the Lord. What I'm trying to get us to understand, it says this in our scripture, we can't do God any favors. God already has everything. What he wants is a committed life. What he wants is a life that is sold out for him. And when we do try to build a house, God should be involved in his planning. God should be involved in the foundation because the word of God tells us that, 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 that a house uh, that is built on sand is going to fall. But when we build our house, on the rock that Jesus Christ. It's a house that will stand. And guess what? God will be there. And your house will be a home. So three things I want to share with you today. Number one. Point number one. We have big dreams. Number one. We have big dreams. Number two. Remember your past. Remember your past. And point number three, God is working through you, not for you. God is working through you, not for you. Amen. Big dreams, big dreams. Here we go. Verse 1. After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in the tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. So I'm going to hit the pause button here. Here's what's going on. David had reached the top of his career. He was king, won all the battles. He's sitting there with his lobster dinner. 
He's sitting there with all his servants. Oh, he's posting stuff on Facebook. Oh, his, his, his Instagram is going crazy. Oh, people love him. People are loving David. And he sits back and he recollects. And he, he, and, and he thinks that in his position, in his power, and in his money, oh, you know what? I think I'm, God, I think I'm going to do something for you. This, 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 this is what happens. He says, God, I think I can break you off a little something, something. While I am. Oh, but you see, well, this is kind of, this is what we do. This is what we do. We, we, we become successful. Things go good. Our health is good. And then we go, oh, I think I might do some ministry. Uh, uh, you know, and then we go talk to the ministry. Um, well, well, tell me, is, is there somewhere I can serve, but, but, but I'm not available on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Is there something available on Friday morning when I'm available? Oh, we just want to break God off a little something, something, something. Uh, you, you see, he, see, see uh, I, just, I really want y'all to understand David's mindset. See, this is the one that was sitting in the field with the dirt feeding the pigs being chased by the bears. And just in a small amount of time, he's sitting up. He's, he forgot that quick because he had big dreams. Sometimes our big dreams can get us off track. Sometimes our big dreams can cause us to sit on our high horse and look down on God. And, and, and one thing that I want to lift up here is it's not mentioned in the scripture. It's in the background. See, see, this is what David did. Once David became successful, see, David started off in Jerusalem. But once he became successful, he decided he was going to build his own city. You ever read in the Bible where it talks about the city of David? This is what we're referring to. You see, David got so stuck on himself, he decided that he was going to uh, leave Jerusalem. Let me put it this way. Once David got so successful, he decided that he was going to leave where God was located and go build his own place. Many times this is what we do. Many times in life we feel like we have to get away uh, from the people that brought us up in life. Oh, we feel like we want to get away from our grandmamas and our aunties, you know, because, see, they didn't go to college. Uh, they didn't go to the HBCU. They don't have the PhD. They don't talk right when I'm around them. Oh, you see, but those are the people that gave you your foundation. Those are the people that brought you up and lifted you up. And now you feel like just because you got $1,000 in the bank for the first time, oh, you're now so prim and proper. Oh, you don't have anything. Oh, these big dreams can mess us up. See, it was in Jerusalem is where the Ark of the Covenant was located. And if we, we look in our Bible history, we understand that the Ark was, and it represented the presence of God. And the Ark was located in the tent. This was in the message we did a few weeks ago. The tent was a place where God said, now, 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 one thing I, I really need you to, to understand here is this. God gave directions for the building of the tent. 
This was the house that God built for his presence. Listen, listen. God directed this. And one thing that, that we want to understand about the tent. The tent, first of all, it was made of animal skins. Mm, mm, mm. What you talking about, Pastor? The, the, the tent was made from animal skins. The tent was made from animal sacrifices. You see, see, see God wants to dwell where we have given a sacrifice. God wants to dwell uh, where we have given our lives and, and given our hearts. You see, see, you see, it's something about that tent. You see, the, the tent required repairs every now and then. Uh, the tent required that things had to be renewed. Uh, the tent required that every now and then, you see, a pole would fall over. You see, what God wanted us to understand about dwelling in the tent, you see, in your life, things aren't going to always be good. In your life, oh, a pole is going to fall over. Uh, uh, in your life, uh, you can't just give God the same old praise every Sunday. He needs a new sacrifice of praise every Sunday. You see, it's something about that tent. Something about the life of worship. You see, the tent was mobile. You see, we always try to build something and place God in the box and leave him there. God said, don't put me in no box. Uh, I don't, the, where I am today, I might not be the mercy. I'm going to need you to pull up that tent and go plant somewhere else. I'm going to need you to pull up this tent and go plant somewhere else. I'm going to need you to pull up that tent and go ministry over in Pisgah. I'm going to need you to pull up that tent and do some ministry over in Indian Head. I'm going to need you to pull up that tent and go do some ministry over in Wallace. Oh, don't put me in one spot and leave me there. I am God. So God tells him, we see in that scripture, when did I ask you to build me something outside of that tent? Who, who, who do you think you are? God is there. David wanted to rely on himself. God is still good. God is still with us. And even when we want to put God in a box and build him a monument, God still says, I'm with you. But God lets him know, I have plans for you. I know you've got big dreams, but I have plans for you, and I'm going to build something in you. So we have our big dreams. But we have to remember our past. We have to remember our past. Verse 8 says this. And so let's kind of recap here. God is responding to David's decision that he's going to build God a dwelling place. David says, God... Just said this. Hey, God, I'm going to do a little something for you. Got a place over here. You know, it, 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 it was like, I mean, I don't like the way people use these names, but people build houses, and they say, and it's not me talking, this, they, they, they're going to build this extra part of the house. 
Uh, I've heard people call it the, the mother-in-law suite or the, or, the, or the whatever, this little part of the house. In other words, I'm going to allow it to, uh, you're going to be attached to me, but you're not really going to be connected. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you'll be within shouting distance. You'll be within text distance. You see, see, see this is what happens. You see, we, we want God to be attached but not connected. You see, when I have a flat tire, oh, God, I need you to be attached so you can help me. But I don't want you riding in that car to listen to have me to listen to this obscene music I'm listening to on the radio. Oh, oh, you can be attached but not connected. Oh, you can be attached to help me when I can't make my mortgage payment. Oh, but don't be looking at these charges that's on my card. I'm not even going to mention those charges. Uh, but, but you know, uh, uh, sometimes we have things that we buy that we have no need of when we could be <coughs> using that money to help. Be careful. I'm not going to say give it to the church to help somebody that's in need. But God says this. So this is what God says into response to David's attitude. Here we go. Verse 8. He tells Nathan this. Now then tell my servant David. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And, he, and, and I think I, I, in my mind, I think God's going to get a little street on him. God gets a little ghetto on him. God tells, I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock. Oh, haven't y'all heard this before? God tells him, look, I remember when you were a nobody. I remember, oh, oh, when you didn't have two nickels to rub together. Oh, I remember when you didn't have a blank uh, uh, to blank and a window to throw it out. He said, I remember you when. Oh, y'all know what grandma used to say. God calls him out. He said, you were tending the flock. And what did I do for you? I appointed you the ruler over my people. He says, I made you the ruler over my people. Now you think you're going to build me something? I have been with you wherever you have gone. He walked by his side, and I have cut off all your enemies. Wherever we are in life, we don't do it on our own. Yes, there was mama. Yes, there was grandma. Yes, there was auntie. And if you feel like you were relying on them, you were but they were relying on Jesus Christ. You were standing on the rock that was standing on the rock. They were relying on the greater power than themselves. And we try to make these plans for God. We try to make these things we're going to do. Well, Lord, when I, when I get this next promotion, I'm going to go back to church. I'm going to log on. When, 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 when my relationship gets better, when I, when I get through this divorce, I'm going to come back to church. When I get over this sickness, Lord, I'm going to come back to church. Don't we realize that we're playing catch up to God? You see, we try to tell God our plans. God is already sitting in tomorrow. God is in tomorrow now. God is sitting in Wednesday. He's just waiting on you. God has, God is sitting there next Sunday. God, see, see, we can't catch up to God, the nerve of us to tell God our plans. We can't catch him. 
the challenges that you have, that depression you're going through, God has a plan. Or oh, 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 that relationship problem that you're going to, God is sitting in next week. God's got it solved out. God, on August the 14th, God has a plan there. He's already, he's already planned it out, but you just have to keep being faithful. That addiction that you're going through, God has a plan. He's always present. We can begin to get discouraged when things don't work out the way we think they should go. But are we surrendered? Are our lives surrendered to the Lord? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this. For my thoughts, this is God talking to us. Listen to this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's way of thinking is not the same as ours. But when we surrender to him, when we, when we become in fellowship with the Lord, when we read our word, when we take the time of worship, it is at that point. It is at that point that we can begin to desire what God desires for us. Let me say it again. When we come in fellowship with the Lord, read his word, when we worship, when we connect with God, then our ways and our thoughts, we can begin to hear from the Lord. We can begin to be able to follow him. We, we can, and see, it's, it's, it's at that point that we can hear the type of house he wants us to build. See, we don't have time to go there today, but later on, later on, if we read on in the Bible, God tells David's son, Solomon, to build him a temple. See, David was getting a little too quick. David was trying to hurt Jay. See, oh, God, God, I need your help. I need you. I need you to bless me. Did you do all the God's like this. Calm down. Calm down. See, this, this is what I want, want you to understand here. Sometimes God is working out things and a blessing for you to set somebody else up for what he needs them to do. See, God was setting up David to get David right because God's plan was for Solomon. Get it? You see, sometimes we try to keep all of our blessings for ourselves and don't want to share them with our children, don't want to share them with our nephews, don't want to share them for our family. You see, you were blessed to be a blessing. God has called us, and God is going to use us to be a blessing to others. See, verse 12 says this. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors. Here we go. Here we go. Listen. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. God's a generational God. 
God has called us in ministry. It's, you see, 150 years from now, none of us will be here. I'm pretty confident of that. I'm pretty confident of that. 150, those y'all that are listening, none of us will be here. Here's the question. What are you doing to plant something now for God's kingdom that will be manifested in 150 years? Oh. Pastor, how can I answer that question? How do I know? Listen to what I'm saying. How do I know what's going to happen in 150 years? Guess what? You don't know. I don't know. Well, what's the point? The point is this. When we submit to God's will and his way now, we sow blessings. We sow foundations. We sow family traditions that are based on the Lord. We, we also, when, when Martin Luther King gave his I have a dream speech, he had no idea that within his children's lifetime, there would be a black president in the White House. But he knew that God has called him to do one thing, civil rights. See, what is the one thing that God has called you to do? Where has God called you to work in his kingdom? What has God called you to do in your life that's going to sow dividends that will be around 150 years? From there. You see, God is working through us, not for us. He's working through us. And, and, and see, the good part about it is that when he works through you, it feels like he's working for you. Because you're still blessed. You're still highly favored in his name. But we can't be like David. We can't think about Think that it's all about us. You see, we can build physical houses. We can build things. But we have to include God in the plan so that he can use us. See, God might have to bless you to get somebody else. God has promised that he will use us to establish his kingdom. You see, what God is talking about here in, in the last part of our scripture See, when God is talking about, he says, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood, I will establish his kingdom. See, God is talking about Jesus. You see, David was called to be in the line and succession of Jesus Christ. You see, and see, this is what he said. He says, he is the one who will build my house for my name. You see, Jesus, the one is that will be sent uh, to build. You see, for, for on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. God was using David as a forerunner for Jesus Christ. But what has God called you to do today? God has called you to be a blessing. God has called you to be used. You see, we don't have power on our own. We have power because God is using us for the purposes of his kingdom. 
God has promised us a kingdom. Promised us a home. But if we want to have that transformation, if, 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 if we want to see that manifested in our lives, if we want God to take residence in our houses so that our houses can be homes, then we must open up the doors of our heart. Let's say it again. Luther said, the theologian Luther Vandross said this. He said, the house was not a home unless his love was there. If we want our house, what is, Pastor, what's my house? My family. He wants your family to be a home. You want the residence of your family to be a home. You have to open your heart. If you want God to take residence, you, 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 you have to allow God to be in. Let, well, let, me, let me say it like this. You see, see, if we want God to make our house is home. We've got to let go of control. You see, it says in Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If we want God to make our house a home, we have to let go of worry. For it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. You see, if we want God to make our house a home, we have to lean on the Lord. For it says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean unto your understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If we want God to make our house a home, we have to lean and wait on the Lord because in Psalm 135, it says, I wait on the Lord, my whole being, wait on the Lord and do not conform yourself to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You see, if we want God to make our house a home. You see, well, I thought, thought maybe that some of y'all uh, uh, might understand it that I said it better like this. You see, you see, you see, when, when I was a young musician, says Walls, see, when I was, when I was a young musician, see, I, was, I, I used to want to try to map out my own path. Uh, you see, I started, I, I, I had about four or five chords that sounded good. You know, I sounded, I sounded okay. And I was invited one time to play at a talent show for someone that was singing Luther Vandross. Oh, I was there playing. Oh, the crowd was going crazy. I said, oh, oh. You see, I had been playing in church for about two or three years. Oh, see, but I had a taste in my mind of something that could make me famous. Oh, you see, uh, God had brought this little 14-year-old boy just old enough to be 15 years old to be able to play a little bit of Luther Vandross music, so I thought I was going to be a secular musician. It was just for a little while since Walls. Hold on, keep listening. Oh, you see, and so I got out there, and I began to do things 
Oh, you see, and all I wanted to do at that point was do Luther Vandross songs. You see, there's a song that says that there's nothing better than love, but the word of God tells me that Jesus died for my sins, and he's the one that loves me better than anyone. Oh, and then there's the other song called The Power of Love. Oh, I used to love that one, but the, uh, there's a song that says, oh, it reaches to the highest mountain and it goes to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood will never lose its power. And then there's this other song I used to love. Oh, a thousand kisses from you is never too much. But there's the other song that says, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, if you want to give yourself to God. See, God gave, me a hey, God gave me a reality check with the stuff that I was going to leave him with. And then he said to me, you know that song? Joe's secret love? God says that you should not be ashamed the gospel. <laughs> you see, 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 we, we want to make, we want to make Jesus our secret love. Y'all know that do the stuff. You see, I know y'all singing. That's fine. Go play it after church. You see, you see, see, God says, he said, I am not your secret love. See, see, I'm the one that died for you. I'm the one that you need to tell everybody about. Uh, you see, see, I am your always and forever God. He said, I'm the one that will always be with you. I'm the one that will be by your side always and forever. God, God will be with you. God will be with you. And, and when, we, when we get too big for our britches, oh, when we sitting there, oh, now, oh, it's month two. Now we got $2,000 in our checking account. Oh, things are looking good. Oh, when we get there, we need to remember that God wants to include us in his plan. You see, we got big dreams. We want to do these things, and, and, and we want to do all these things, but we have to make sure uh, that, 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 that we are continuing to keep a tent mentality, keeping God in our presence, keeping God with us. And, and if we got to pull up the tent and move, we got to pull up the tent and move, but we still have God with us. We have to remember our past. Remember where God has brought you from. And finally, know that God is working through you, not necessarily for you. And if we keep these things in mind, we will remember that we have been blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, praise. Amen. Maybe there's somebody that's listening right now and you want to give your life to the Lord. You want to give your life to Jesus. So we want to pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit our website at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.